Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked man forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to, your, to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, I want to read this final verse. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but water the earth and maketh it grain forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. I have uh, uh, just been thinking on this, and I preached a portion of this message before, but I have such a burden on my heart uh, this morning for us to know God. Um, I, I, my sermons... Uh, all day is going to be kind of outlined on that regard. Um, there's one thing we can, I don't, I don't deny that there us to have needs. I think everybody in the house has some type of need that we need God to move upon. And most of us have a miracle that we need for him as well. And many times what we do, end up times trying to do is to satisfy those needs or try to make things happen for those needs and become so overwhelmed by trying to make things happen until we miss the point of, the, of even having the need in the first place. It was never to, to just satisfy the need, but to seek God. And um, when I began to, uh, there was a scripture I was preaching earlier today about when uh, they passed a blind man and the disciples asked him, Master, who did he sin? Who, who sinned? Did his parents sin that since he was born blind or who did sin? And Jesus said, from the message Bible, it says, you're missing the point. It's not a matter of finding out who sinned. The point is to find out what God's going to do about it. And so right now, I'm at a place where I, I'm not so focused on my needs or, or things, but I want to focus on the great, unimaginable love that God has for us because it defeats low self-esteem, it defeats failures in your past, and it qualifies you to be positioned to understand God will do anything necessary just for you. I was, uh, uh, the, the thing though is to understand him, and then I, I was I was researching some old sermon I was preaching. One of the things I said in here is that, uh, is that uh, we have limited human intelligence and, and the Bible contains so many simple things that even a child can understand. But on the same hand, there's so, things, so many things are in there that it, even the brightest mind will never get. And the reason for that is because of the relationship between the two, us and God. Uh, there was a, a man by the name of uh, Boa who I actually uh, framed this term. He wrote a book called uh, God I Don't Understand. And he said, began to say that a dog has limited information 
that, that is capable of, of handling situations. A man has a limited number of, of bits of information, but he is capable of storing and working with a good deal more than his dog. But both of them have abilities to understand things. Think about it. For example, a dog can relate to his master's eating food. So he eats food. The, the, the dog can be trained to lead the blind, to herd the sheep, to go fetch a stick, uh, to bring back a duck. But the thing about it, uh, it, it had that much ability to relate to its master's world. It cannot relate to its master's book, because reading a book, because he can't do it. Uh, his nature does not allow him to do it. His mindset won't let him do it. He can understand some things about us, but he cannot get or grasp things. For example, uh, nevertheless, there's enough common ground for a person to love a dog. It's almost impossible for anyone to love a worm or insect. Why? Because there's no communication. There's no concept between the other. So we use worms for what we can use them for. Usually fishing. When a man does something beyond the comprehension of an animal, it must remain a, it must remain a mystery to the animal since it has no categories it can use to celebrate this behavior. So when we do something a dog can't understand, we can send him out to get our newspaper and bring it back to us, but he can't read it. So when we read the newspaper, we're doing something beyond this, uh, this comprehension. And that's the difference between us and God is that he said, as far as the heavens is above the earth, are my waves above yours and my thoughts above your thoughts. And he, tell, he challenges you to then now to, to forsake or abandon your thoughts so you can finally get me. And then it says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. So, therefore, if I'm going to understand God, I need to understand that there is an intelligence that God is offering. There's something that he's doing that I don't even realize. The, the dog see me reading the paper, but, but he don't realize what I'm doing because it's not in his repertoire of information to pull from. So God said, I want my people to know me. I want them to understand how much I love them, and we only can do that by the Spirit of God. Y'all listen to me this morning? I want you to go quickly with me to Ephesians chapter 3. If you read in Ephesians chapter 3, it says, uh, in verse 15, of, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he, he would grant you, I'm praying for this, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Underline that, please by strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, that word comprehend means to catch up with, all saints, that what is the breadth, the length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ was passive knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now, let's look at that for a minute because it's saying this is not a petition that they may love Christ more, uh, but it's, it's, that's very important. But rather, 
that they may understand the love that Christ have so they can make, and, and understand this is not some simple mental exercise that you can have in your mind and say, well, I'm going to decipher in my mind how it works. No, you must know it clearly by a personal insightful experience with God that is given to us by the Holy Spirit. That you may know him, be strengthened by the Holy Spirit in the might, in the inner man. I've been preaching on that lately a lot because that's the person that God really wants to form is your inner man. Everybody say inner man. The inner man, when it's strengthened by God, it overrides anything the flesh wants to do that's not of God. It pulls down every imagination of thought that exalts itself against what God has said is, he wants you to do. He's saying this. He's saying, I understand there's a difference between favor and grace. Favor is when God would move you to the head of the line and you didn't deserve it. Favor is when God looks on you and, and know you ain't no good, but still do something for you and bring you out anyway. That's favor. F favor is when you got haters that hate you and God puts you right in front of them and, and give you the position. That's favor. But grace is a divine enablement that is given by the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be that person, not just to, to live that way, but to know the way. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I, I tell this sometimes, and I often tell this. My daddy, I would say, Keith, I'm going to ask daddy, let me go to the store. When I was a little boy, daddy, going to let me go to the store. Daddy, Keith said, daddy, ain't going to let you go to the store, boy. Not by yourself. I said, yes, he will. I'm the baby. He loved me. Dad ain't going to let me go to the store. And he said, no, he ain't. And so what, what I did was I went and I said, Daddy, can I go to the store? And, and, and my dad said, no. And I, I walked away puzzled. I hated to go back to my brother and Keith to tell him he was right. But he was right. How did he know that Daddy wasn't going to let me do that? Because he knew my daddy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the thing is, there's something that God wants to release to us. That will build, there's a, there's a maturation that God gives, a maturation that God deals with the spirit of a man. And God said, I want you to comprehend because this understanding, is, it, it bypasses knowledge. As a matter of fact, the word for that is epignosis. Everybody say epignosis. Gnosis is a common knowledge that we, we have, that we learn the ABCs, we learn different things that are factual, but there's some things that is heavenly language that we're not as human beings able to understand without his help. And that's why we can actually be under some, some, some tremendous pressure and look like everything's going wrong, but if you have a knowledge that God is going to work the thing out, it comes up down and it confuses people as they're trying to figure out why aren't you upset? It's because I know something you don't know. My God is able to supply all of my need. I wish I could preach this how I could feel it. Hallelujah. Somebody said praise the Lord. When I begin to even uh, research this further and I begin to look at, at the thing that, that there's no prayer ever framed that ever been that, that God, God, he said, hey, I've been teaching this, for the, I've been saying it for the last three weeks even in this service. How can it be that, that he can do more than we can ask or think. And what good is that? If we can't never proclaim it. If we don't know to ask it, we can't proclaim it. If we don't know what, to, if we don't know what God's will is about, how in the world are we going to do it? So, so he said, you're rooted and grounded in love. That goes beyond the miracle that you need. It goes far beyond any kind of 
a, a, a guilt trip that somebody's trying to play on you. It, it, it takes you beyond that because you've got to understand that you're, you're made it where you are without the permission of somebody else. Because if it had been up to somebody else, you wouldn't be where you are right now. But God fixed it where they didn't have no say-so. They might have tried to stop you, but they were never able to stop you because God's hand is on your life. Tell your neighbor that. God's hand is on my life. They might not like what God has given you. They might not like what God has blessed you with. But they, but they ain't got nothing to do with it. They can't stop it because God has a love for you that passes knowledge. That means that we having, this is what I want you to get if you don't get nothing else. The purpose of the knowledge is not just to be smart. The purpose of the knowledge is to really begin to understand, to build a confidence in you. I, 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 I taught this a while back that the reason the Bible says that Paul, he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. A such a one that was called into the heaven and heard words that was unlawful for a man to utter. And he said, that's the man that I, that I glorify, but not this one. It, it, Paul was talking in the third person. He's really talking about his own self, but he's talking about the other person that God has established and built. That person that knows God. Hallelujah. He admitted that there's a thorn in his flesh, and he wanted that flesh to, to actually be as strong as his spiritual man. But God said, I can't let the flesh go that far because it has no comprehension. It's like a worm. There's no relation there. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But God has always dealt with the inner man, the heart of a person. And so when God builds you up, what it does, it, it hallelujah, I just wish I could preach this how I feel it. But, but what, it, what it does, it takes you uh, to the place where you become so self-reliant on God that you know no matter what is surrounding you, no matter who, who you got to deal with today, it doesn't matter what, what pressure or what problem come up, you know that God has your back. God has your back. And that's why you, 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 you carve out statements that's in the word of God that though you slay me, yet will I trust you. That's, that's when you, when you know that somebody has reached that level because they've gone through the time of suffering. They've gone through the other, other things. They, they watch God bring them through trial after trial. Is anybody in the room that they can tell and testify that God has brought you something? Mother, mother, you can't, you can't go through 86 years without God doing something for you. Mother, you can't go through your years without God having done something for you. We've got, we got pioneers in the church that have testimonies. When they didn't have, God knew how to bring them out of situations. And I'm, I'm trying to tell you today that, that God's grace, not just his favor, but God's grace is on your life. Tell someone that God's grace. He enables me. He strengthens me. He counsels me. He consoles me. He helps me. He tells me what to do and how to do things. Because he built up my self-esteem that others tried to tear down. Hallelujah. When others try to make you feel worthless, that's when God really comes in then. When you broke down, hallelujah, and you don't have nothing else. Hallelujah. When you have suffered the greatest embarrassment, it's, it's when you've really been penalized by the enemy. 
when you had the hardest day, that's when you know that there's no fear in love, that you know that you don't have to be afraid because God has a special love for you. And just because you ain't got enough money to bake right now don't mean that God don't love you. Just because I'm not driving the best car don't mean that God don't. Tell you, don't get it twisted. I might not have the best of everything, but I got God in me and, and he can turn something around in any second. Somebody say yes, Lord. Hallelujah. The love of God. The love of God. The love of God. That's, anybody know what the love of God? Paul said that some things that you got to understand that the, the, the situation he's looking at here is that the Gentiles were considered outcasts because they were not Jews. And God gave him the revelation. And that, let me just explain something to you. I heard something. I'll come back to that, but I heard something the other day on Fox News. Uh, one of the, the commentators said something. He was talking about health care, affordable health care. That's probably all they're talking about right now. And, and they were talking about how uh, President Obama is, is trying to take something. He, they said they don't doubt it's something for the future, but what they're trying to do is they take something for the future and force it on the present. And it says creating chaos. Well, that's all I need to hear. Because some people don't ever want to shift when God is getting ready to shift. They said we have enough, his point was we have enough energy on the, on the earth. Uh, the United States have enough oil, more than Arabia does. And all the, all the other Mid-Eastern countries have. And we're not utilizing it. And, we, and the thing is, it said, instead we got our windmills. Well, see, I believe windmills is just the start of something. Hallelujah. So if you don't ever start on a new thing, you'll never see the new thing come to pass. And so it don't make sense right now to be talking windmills when my car's running off gas. But if you don't start dealing with the windmills when you run out of gas, you're going to have nothing to go on. So God is forcing things from the future into your now that's causing a, a, a disruption in your life. And you have a power on your life that you don't even realize. That's a grace that God has put. He said, though the outward man is perishing, the inner man has been renewed day by day. you got some stuff going on on the outside, but at the same time, you find a place in God that God, he, he, you come to church praising God, and people are wondering, why are you praising him? And, and sometimes you don't even know why you're praising him, but you know there's something that's surpassing my normal ability to understand has hit home in my heart to let me know that everything in spite of it all is going to be alright tell somebody it's going to be alright hallelujah hallelujah if I say Martha's place you can't hide in the corner you can't hide what God did for you in a corner Martha's place going through all kinds of things personally just going through. And, and, and the thing is, I like about her, she never lost her joy. Hallelujah. When the business began to go down, God began to put on 700 Club and, and doing all these kind of things. She began to do other things. That I, I, she, she needed to be up here giving her own testimony. But, but anyway, she, she began to do other things. And, and God, it looked like, but the, the thing that she had designed wasn't working. So she gets a release from God, shut it down. She shuts what she's put her heart into down as if it will never rise again. 
It looks that way. Martha's out of business. You go down to the store, Martha's not in business. Hallelujah. But then, after God got some things in place, because Martha couldn't finish the book with the place going like it was. She couldn't do the ministry that she had to do before it happened. There were some prerequisite work that she had to do to get where she is now. Now if you go out to Martha's place in the, in the final part of town, hallelujah. Every time you go up there, it's a place full of people. And, and you know what she say? She said, don't worry about getting fat. She prays the calories off her food. But what, what, what am I saying? What, what am I saying? What am I saying? Sometimes things shut down. And just because something shuts down doesn't mean God is done. Sometimes God just stopped marking places. I'm marking this. I'm marking territory that I'm getting ready to pass to you. If you have had a, something that seemed like it hadn't gotten off the ground the way you thought it should have, would you got to say, oh, God is doing marking territory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen, y'all don't forgive me for this, but have you ever seen a dog? When it, when it, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to tell you how it marks, marks the territory, but what a dog does, he does something to mark his territory. And I come to tell you what you need to do is stop marking your territory. Put a praise right there. Put a praise on what the devil thought because God said, I, I bless you and I bless those that bless you. He said, whatever you lay your hands on, I'm going to bless. So it might not be sprouting up right then, but I guarantee before it's over, God's going to do great things. Tell you great things, great things. Tell your neighbor, get ready. I, I got to get out of here. I'm late. I'm late for the next service. But tell your neighbor, get ready. God's already blessed me. And right now, I need to, what I need to do is just get close to God. Because when I get close to him, I know what is in his heart. I don't have to figure out does he love me or not. There's some things I don't even have to pray for. Because sometimes I pray too low. My prayers are not high enough as what God wants to take me. Until you even know the fine blue blueprint that God has for your life. You've got to spend some time with God. Some of you have some low expectations. You are expected only with the things that have happened. Not realize the things that are about to come to pass. Everything that God spoke over you is about to happen even right now. God got some things in the works. Everything that looked bad to you uh, or looked bad to everybody else. Uh, even people gave the opinion um, about things about you. Um, but I come to preach to everybody in the room uh, that God's hand and his favor. Um, but most of all, his grace is inside of you. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, the worst thing the devil could do uh, is to get me quiet. Um, because when I get along with God, um, I stop getting man's opinion. Um, I stop getting man's ideas. Um, and I forsake my thoughts. Um, and I turn to God and say, God, I need you uh, to speak to my heart. Um, speak to my mind. Um, speak to my adversaries. Um, hallelujah. Um, tell my adversaries uh, to let me go. Um, tell my enemies uh, to leave me alone. Uh, Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Uh, tell my problems. Um, hallelujah. Uh, you got to leave me now. Uh, I'm going to wave goodbye uh, to my situations uh, because I know uh, that the love of God that surpasses all understanding uh, is better than peace. Uh, the love of God uh, is better than faith. Uh, the love of God uh, is better than speaking in tongues. Uh, 
God. I wish I had somebody that knew like the love of God. Because if you don't know love, it's like a, a, a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. But the perfection of God is when we can know his love and know what his love can do. And why we know that? Because we pass that love to everybody we see. Every time I see somebody that's being talked about, that's being put down, I'm the last one to talk about you. Because I know how it feels, but I do know how that God loves you just as much as he loved me. And we can have this love. I dare you to grab somebody and tell them that God loves you. Somebody say yes. Say yes. He loves me in spite of everything. He loves me. Somebody say yes.